1: You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson, and me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to everyone who's stuck with us, supported us directly over the last few weeks, where we've had a little bit of a summer summer break. And just for the price of a coffee, or maybe a couple of coffees, one each, one for Ian and I, uh, a month or so, you can get our full-length show has no ads. Listen live, chat with us live get our extra message, sister show, and a whole lot more. In fact, on the um, the show just before we started recording, we had a rather fascinating chat about, well, everything, didn't we? Technical death well, metal. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say
0: everything, but definitely we talked about Guns of Roses and technical death metal.
1: Yeah, and uh, a whole lot more besides. So we may put that out as an extra message as well. Um, but anyway, um, it's good to be back here, and I'm sorry that we had a little bit of an unplanned break, but that's okay. Is- what summer is?
0: I, I mean, we do tend to have a yearly break, don't we? It's just that neither of us is able to tell anyone when that might be. And it sort of appears out of nowhere um, and, and just happens. So, um, yeah, apologies for not being around the last couple of weeks. I know I've missed the show.
1: Uh, yeah, I have, I have too. I actually had a dream about podcasting. Um, but then I also had a dream that I was having tea with Dawn French and uh, uh, Craig Charles. In Dawn I had French's a dream house. that everyone
0: was trying to kill me and that instead i had to kill them um people would be like there was there was a you know this huge number of people in this sort of it what felt like a game almost mm. um and they were all coming for me now i don't know if that's anything to do with the fact that i recently watched the very wonderful squid game on netflix um a south korean drama show that is beyond compare in my opinion um, and that somehow managed to influence my dream state but uh uh, let's just say I'll I'll keep the solid recommendation for Squid Game if you haven't already seen it.
1: Okay, well, thanks for the recommendation. Sorry to hear that your subconscious was uh, posing somewhat of a. <laughs> it's a... been a difficult week. It could have been anything. I know, mate. I know, but you, um, you know, you you, you come out shining from all of these things. As, let's as I've ho- said let's hope so. Many times before, he might be in his forties, but he still looks great in a tank top and shorties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: you've literally never said that, but I thank you for the words anyway.
1: Yeah, will do. Uh, again. Um, Let's get into some news then. The BBC wrote this week that researchers from the computer science departments of Birmingham and Surrey universities discovered that unauthorised contactless payments of as much as £1,000 can be made on locked iPhones by exploiting how an Apple Pay feature designed to help commuters pay quickly at ticket barriers works with Visa. Now the problem the researchers say applies to Visa cards only and those that are set up in Express Transit mode on an iPhone. Now, do you, you just before we go forward, the exp- it, it's quite key to understand this. Do you um, have you used Express Transit or similar? Ian? I use it all the time. It's essentially you don't have to to unlock your phone or or verify with 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 Face ID. Um, you just hold the phone against a uh, a terminal like in the in the London Underground or on on a bus uh, in Manchester or wherever it takes contactless. And unlike a payment in a shop the uh, the ticket barrier is saying "I am a ticket barrier, therefore you do not need to authenticate so it's not a simple hack um, the BBC said it requires a small commercially available piece of radio equipment to be placed near the phone it doesn't go into further detail about what that uh, piece of equipment is <laughs> well but, no, but that piece of equipment tricks the iPhone into believing that it's dealing with a ticket barrier. So essentially that, you know, the guard is down because it's like, okay, ticket barrier, don't need authorization, but also there's a small limit because it's contactless, right? But then at the same time, an Android phone in this experiment, running an application developed by the researchers, is used to relay a signal from the iPhone to a contactless payment terminal But because the iPhone thinks it's paying a ticket barrier, it doesn't need to be unlocked. Right. Meanwhile, the iPhone's communication with the payment terminal are themselves modified to fool it into thinking that the iPhone has been unlocked and a payment has been authorized. And that allowed a high value transaction, in this case, £1,000 of the researchers' own money. Wow. Um, to be made without putting in a pin or using a fingerprint or, or facial recognition or anything. Now, Apple blamed Visa and Visa said that it, the exploit wasn't practical outside of the lab. Uh, both huh. were apparently made aware of the, hack, uh, the potential hack a year ago, the BBC said. And I'm inclined to side here with Visa because this is one of these sort of things where it is a, you know, it's kind of a a... a I mean, it's just so hard to do and requires such an incredible setup to pull off. You know, one of the, we had a, a question in, in our newsroom. Someone asked me about this, like, you know, are we covering it? Can we add insight on this? And I said, look, and they said, you know, are we going to start getting hacked terminals? And I said, no, like we're not because this system works because of a huge amount of extra equipment, bespoke apps being developed, you know, a single root of exploit being taken advantage of here that would never ever be in place in the real world realistically the way this would work is somebody would steal your phone and take it back to the lab and then do it but within which time you've also got things like fraud prevention you've got iPhones being remotely disconnected or blocked or what have you and even if a payment went through that is why we have regulators that's why we have banks that you know, take the take the fall for for fraud in in most cases for the average person. So the realistic threat of this is extremely minor. But nonetheless, it's pretty interesting that that it works, and it's particularly interesting that Apple and Visa knew it worked uh, a year ago oh. and um, hasn't, at least that we know, been addressed. Well, I think that's a big problem. I mean, the idea that. Um,
0: a, a vulnerability like this can exist and not be patched seems odd to me, and I don't. And obviously, I can't. I can't say who's to blame, but it does sound like the sort of thing that you could put preventions in place to protect somehow. I don't know. I mean, um, who knows how that system even works? But um, it does sound like the sort of thing where the, the presumably the they need to do something about the the way that that transaction works um in terms of communicating how how small it is in value because actually i don't i don't know if i'm right in saying this but that when you're billed by transport for london it doesn't happen at the exact moment you go through the gate it's tossed up later on that's right um so presumably there would be a way um I, there must be a way for Apple to sort of manage that. But anyway, it, it's it's kind of irrelevant. I completely agree. You couldn't make this work outside the lab. It's the same as the card skimming thing. You know, it, it isn't actually that easy to do it in practice. Um, you'd need to have a merchant account and all this kind of other stuff um, in order for it to work. So I can sort of see the, them kind of finding it not that practical. But that said, you know, if you were, I don't know, positioned yourself outside a ticket gate dressed in a falsely bought Transport for London uniform um, and, you know, you had a little briefcase next to you and you set it up, you could turn over quite some money if you if people didn't realise that you weren't an official staff member. So, it, you know, it, it, it warrants being fixed, I would say, but I'm just, um, well, I'm not surprised that these vulnerabilities exist
1: because they absolutely always will i need to pick you up on a, a very interesting and, and and surprising observation that you just uh, just made oh. or made hypothetically um what uh transport for london or, or tube operator that you have seen in like ever has had a briefcase
0: well i don't know i mean there must be another way of doing it you... because that I, is I don't a red. think that's the alarm well, I... bell but if if you think about what how they s- sort of how they work if if they're standing by the gate you know they could have a, a bag at their feet you wouldn't give it a second thought i see what I'm you sure mean i'm sure you wouldn't you know I like i'm not I, okay a briefcase might not be a great example but you know that it could be a backpack or it could be something they're wearing under their clothes or anything really like it 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 doesn't sound to me like it would be impossible for a fake London Underground employee to have enough equipment on them to make this work theoretically. They'd be better off... How they be, would do it, I don't know.
1: But. They'd be better off dressing up as a turnstile. <laughs> you know, pantomime horse. <laughs> that would horse, be funnier. Like a pantomime horse, you know. Yes. Um, and fool people that way. No, I don't know. I mean... One of the reasons why this intrigued me is because there is a lot of development in the UK going into contactless systems. Obviously, um, in a post-covid, post-cash world, you know, contactless becomes key and over the last few years we've seen the growth of value that is permitted on an individual contactless transaction rise from, you know, what was it about 20 quid at one point and it's now over 100 pounds. We talked about it. Well, 5, didn't we
0: say 5 quid the other week? You know, the original it, it went starting. from
1: basically being the amount that you would pay for a coffee to now something that you can pay for you know, a dinner at a pretty high-end restaurant for two. Um, uh, well, Waitrose
0: makes a song and dance about being able to pay up to £10,000 on Apple at,
1: Pay. But that's Apple Pay, and Apple yes, Pay requires, well, yes. it requires this. And so I sort of feel that if you were somebody who, I mean, if you wanted to, that is the kind of scenario where you could see something like this being being used or, or, or pressuring somebody to do it at, you know, at a checkout in a market, somewhere where you don't need to be quite as obvious as a London underground staffer holding a briefcase uh, next to a turnstile uh, to be spotted. But actually, you know, well, you could.
0: Also, I mean, if you're after defrauding people for money, have you seen those little things around where you can tap to give a £5 donation to charity? I've seen yes sim- I have I seen similar yeah you could just do that no one would have any idea if you put together a decent um you know little metal box and popped it in you know near Waterloo station or something and said you know uh, help the troops donate 5 pounds today and slapped up a picture of a poppy i reckon you could make quite a lot of money out of some a little scam like that without anyone ever being the wiser actually you seem to be very knowledgeable about this, Ian. I've always thought that my brain does work a little bit like a criminal's. It's a good job I've turned my life, you know, into a one that's focused on, well, mostly not crime. I mean, you know, yeah. did download the occasional TV episode back in the day, but yeah, I th- think we'll probably let that go. But yeah, you know, I'm not not really a hardcore criminal, but I, you know, I do think about these things. I always think about stuff like this. Like it, I, I, I'm interested in loopholes. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah,
1: me too. And that's one of the reasons I find this so interesting because it's not comp- it's not irrelevant to think about these hacks, even though they are s- widely impractical. But as we've seen in the past, very impractical, large-scale bits of technology do tend to get shrunk down. And it's the kind of thing to maybe keep in mind when we develop technology further that there are technical ways these can be possible. Um, but, um, well, if... Um, Uh, uh, have you defrauded anybody standing outside of Waterloo Station (laughs) Um, if so let us know hello at uktechshow.com that email address is back in use hello at uktechshow.com let us know who you defrauded how you did it and what you spent the fortune on (laughs) Well, I was going to make an off-colour joke about stealing money, but it doesn't really work with Ofcom because <sighs> no, no one really accuses it of stealing no. money. But um so that's best best as we don't get sued, I think. Absolutely, yeah. And um Ofcom's not really done anything wrong uh, in this instance. Um the Guardian wrote that said media regulator Ofcom has introduced a new service to make it easier for customers to switch broadband supplier. To get a better deal, yes, we're talking about broadband, ladies and gentlemen it's time to pull out your shoehorns, wave them in the air like you just don't have an opinion We've on, the on the we have hit the matter we have yeah bi- it's bingo it is yeah, and later on i 'm going to talk about a chamois leather because uh, I learned from my mum what one was this morning um oh. Yes, uh, the new process is called One Touch Switch, and it's hoped it'll encourage people to seek out better deals after research found that more than two fifths of people in the UK were put off switching broadband suppliers because it's just such an incredible pain in the ass. Now we've talked about this before because people can already switch between providers that use Openreach's broadband network. That includes BT, of course, but also Sky, TalkTalk, and plenty of others. Um, but that requ- and th- and that process requires a customer only to contact their new supplier and then that supplier takes care of the rest. However, as the Guardian continued to write, until now, customers hoping to change networks or technologies, such as what I did recently and moving from Virgin Media's network to uh, to GigaClear, had to deal with both the new and the old supplier simultaneously. And Ofcom's research found that a quarter of customers making such a switch faced attempts by their provider to stop them. And this is very true in my experience. So I had to say it was a lot more. It was very fun for me. I do love and I get a weird like sort of, I don't know, schadenfreudery kind of pleasure out of knowing more than the customer service person. <laughs> so when they when Virgin told me that, you know, they absolutely guarantee they have the fastest speed broadband in the country, I said, well, let me correct you and tell you where you're wrong. That's such um, a
0: weird claim to make.
1: I can't remember the exact wording they made, but, yeah. but essentially they're like, you know, of 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 a non-fiber to the premises house. Like, yes, you <laughs> probably do have the best download speed available to me, and certainly you have. But as like, that's not the point. The point is, I value upload. Your uploads are basically stuck in 2008, Cat. and they are mm. terrible. Um, they were they were they were not as bad for you as they are for me. No, but it was one of the points that I um, I got them on. And they, you know, they, they understood they were dealing with someone who cared more about broadband um, than probably <laughs> most people. So they, <laughs> they let me leave. But it was kind of frustrating, um, I imagine. I, I usually did. start those
0: conversations with something along the lines of, I, this is not a negotiation. Uh, please just end my contract and tell me what the date will be because I'm not having those conversations with them. Once I've decided to leave, it's not unless I am trying to renegotiate for a cheaper price, it's one of those things where I'm I'm not going to have a conversation about it. I don't have time or the interest.
1: You must've been a barrel of laughs being broken up with as a boyfriend in school. (laughs) What? You'd just be like, well, that's fine. Moving on. Yeah.
0: No, not necessarily, but you know, it's uh, I, I view broadband. Well, I mean, having said that, I do take broadband very seriously. Um, Fortunately, I feel like you break up with fewer people in your life on the whole. I mean, this might not be true of everyone. It's certainly true for me. I've probably broken up with more service providers than I have women. Um, I don't think I have. Well, I mean, if you think about all the service providers, though, Nate, I mean, well, who knows? Let's not get into how many girlfriends you've had in your life it doesn't
1: seem like a productive avenue for us well particularly not since that both my mother and my wife listen to this show Um, (laughs) yes but they both know you and they've already heard the story about that time you
0: tried to buy your brother's
1: girlfriend in my defense i tried (laughs) to get him to agree to swap her for our garden slide (laughs) he didn't want the garden slide (laughs) So Plus I tried, he could already use it, presumably. And I had a £20 uh, BT phone call, uh, phone card. And I thought that was more than <laughs> adequate compensation for him to give me his girlfriend. Um, I, I, do, I do think, I think
0: it's both hilarious that you tried that and, and also very endearing that you were prepared to admit such a thing uh, in, the, in the current day and age. I mean, we were all young once.
1: Well, I, I'm only prepared to admit it because Andy had the good sense to tell me where to stick it. Um, I think had he have followed through with my pressure and allowed me to have acquired his girlfriend, it would have raised some very serious questions, um, about all I of mean, us. I've got to say that I do
0: believe that this would have been nixed at the girlfriend point. Like, I don't think she would have got along with it, no matter what you two Muppets had agreed. Well, we'll never know, will we? We'll never. <laughs> no, we will never know. Unless we could get in touch with her. If you're, uh, that girlfriend, please
1: email <laughs> Hello
0: you... at UK Tech, whatever the bloody email address is.
1: Yeah, We were about eight or nine years old at the time. Um, yes. You know, should point out. this. Is, we're not going back to, um, you know, late teens. No, it wasn't last week. Um,
0: can you remember her name, though? Oh,
1: I you remember, don't have to say it. I, re- but... I, re- I remember her older sister's name. Well, that's something, I suppose. My mum is listening live and she says her name was Libby. And I think huh. she might. And I think she might be right, you know. Really? But I don't want to well, go any further than that because no, I no, that's hate to fine. Identify. Plus, you know, goodness only knows who who listens to this out in the real world. She may be a listener. Well, I'm sure
0: she probably has no idea this negotiation even took place. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, well, let's just put that. it on
1: record that I apologise for you know uh, uh, of equating her value to that of a second hand slide. <laughs> Or a twenty-pound phone card. I apologise. Although this was the nineties, and money—you know—it slides cost more then. And...
0: Yeah, and twenty pounds would have been quite a lot if you were nine. Yeah, and this was I'm assuming And I'm assuming that this was a your the phone card was not something you'd purchased with your own hard-earned money. I'm sure that was something your mother had given you to call in case of emergencies.
1: Well, she'd also given me a brother and a slide. <laughs> <laughs> If memory serves, it was my grand that bought me the slide. <laughs> bought me, the, bought me the slide. So
0: it doesn't really matter. Same basic principle. None of it was yours anyway, really.
1: Yeah. Well it it's my story. And I hold it close to my heart. It's great. Anyway, Just, carry on. What were we talking about? I don't even remember. Ofcom. So the plan on this one, the uh, w- w- uh, one touch switch process, as they call as they call it, it's going to work similar, uh, similarly to how it works if you're trying to pr- uh, switch uh, energy providers, which uh, many people at the moment will have had the misfortune to have to think about, um, where you go to your new provider and you say, "Hello, new provider," and they go, "Ian, um, hi, this is new provider." Th- I would like to give you money in exchange for one of your power services. What a coincidence, because we'd love to have it. Excellent. And from there goes the process. They go off and figure out who you're currently with. They handle the switchover and uh, you just get a letter, you know, with a sad face emoji on the front from your old supplier (laughs) saying, sorry, you're leaving. And then you respond, sorry, you went out of business because of the price of gas or whatever, whatever. Um, And then the new provider just simply bills you and, and you and you go forwards there's no negotiating with your old provider they're not allowed to sort of come back to you and say oh we know you're leaving but maybe you'd like to not leave can't do that you're you're basically gone so, so it's that's the way the same as the mobile phones system as it is now yes. yes again never used to be the case but yeah you can do it oh, by no? text on mobile phones now and and now or rather by april 2023 Every provider in the UK of broadband has to offer this. So, if you did what I did and you you decided you don't want to go, you don't want to be with Virgin Media anymore. You want to go with uh, GigaClear. You simply sign up to GigaClear and say I want to move to you, and they handle the disconnection for Virgin. I, I like
0: the sound of that because it's a much it's a much less involved process. It's just two computers sort of duking it out. And I I imagine that the computers don't argue about retaining your services. uh, I'm watching quite a lot of um, Star Trek The Next Generation at the moment. So I just see this as data sort of telling the ship's computer something, you know, that kind of lack of,
1: you know, empathy slash emotion. There's a little bit more to it, I suppose, when you start thinking about having to ship equipment back. But that's basically automated, isn't it? Someone's just sending you an email telling you how to send their routers back, or what have you. But, but yes, yeah, right.
0: so and I, I imagine that. I mean, probably quite a lot of companies don't really ask for equipment back these days. They surely. I mean, I
1: can't imagine Sky asks for that. You know, their very cheap router back. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, there is um, another thing that's worth noting. I spotted this in the ISP review. Uh, uh, story that covered that covered this not um, not anywhere else. That BT has suggested that Ofcom is not actually going far enough with this. BT spokesman said, "quote We also want the new process to extend to switching pay TV providers, so that the benefits of seamless switching are not undermined for those who take a triple play bundle of voice, broadband, and pay TV." And I'm intrigued by this because I don't quite know how this will play out. Because well, it if doesn't you sign really up... work, does it? Well, this is the thing. If you sign up today with Virgin, you are offered broadband, landline phone, television, wireless phone, potentially, f- as, you know, as a quad play offering. Mm. And, and, and and that's only going to get strengthened now they're owners of O2. O2, exactly. So it's not necessarily going to be as simple as just switching off your broadband. Like we only have Virgin Media. We don't have a landline. We don't have TV. We only have broadband so it's easy but I, it will be interesting to see how that switch is I, don't, I
0: I just don't think it will work for that I it those those things are so complicated I've written enough of those stories in my life where you um where you you try and I remember doing this I think I must I might have be even been at CNET. you know you try and look into um how much Um, a virgin media package is going to cost so you can tell people but there's no answer to that question because it just depends entirely on how the server's feeling at that particular minute and does it want to offer you this deal or that deal or whatever you know it's it's actually extremely difficult and sky what used to be the worst for pricing like trying to find out what a sky package was like some sort of black magic
1: well um it it will undoubtedly affect everybody at some point in their future because we all need broadband certainly anyone who listens to this uh, show needs internet and at some point you will switch providers so it will uh, be something you have to deal with and bundling is getting more popular than ever so they're going to have to sort that out uh, John in our live chat says as an O2 user I still haven't seen any advantages to the Virgin merger thought my coverage might improve huh. I, I think probably not because didn't wasn't O2 the MVNO behind virgin mobile no, no no it's far more complicated than that in
0: quite a delightful way Ooh. it used to be eE um so obviously it was very it was pretty good and quite fast and then when they switched to 5g they did a deal with Vodafone which is supposed to run till 2025 or something like that or maybe even a lot further than that this was before they bought o2 so a virgin MVNO if you sign up now for 5g you're going to be on Vodafone. But what happens now they own O2? Surely they're going to want to save money and completely cut out that MVNO agreement with Vodafone. So I have no idea how it works, but um, it's it's hilariously complicated.
1: I'm trying to think if there's a way of retrofitting that example into my story of me, my brother, and his girlfriend, and the slide.
0: Oh, I'm sure given enough time you could think of it. Um, Virgin, yeah has yeah. got a girlfriend, but it's really trying very hard to break up with her um, because its uh, head has been turned by a delightful new woman, two. Uh, I'm mm. gendering these things,
1: I mean, in a way that uh, is probably quite inappropriate. Yeah, and to be honest, I, th- I think this has run its course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just move on. Um, but if, if you are uh, interested in telling us what you think about this, you can, of course, um, let us know at hello at uktechshow.com. Give us your opinion if you think this will work and how you would split up, um, uh, well, with your girlfriend, certainly you could you could do that, uh, but really how you would split up the pay TV conundrum that we uh, think Ofcom's going to have to come up with a solution for. Hello at uktechshow.com. Had a, an email that came in that I just wanted to um, to pick out here, actually, Ian. Uh, came in from Rupert while we were away. Uh, he, uh, Rupert says, You touched on sci fi in episode 250, and I would encourage you to discuss your recommendations from time ah. to time. I'm partway through Project Hail Mary. It's the Andy Weir book, uh, which is. I've good read fun. it so have That's I it's excellent uh, it's good fun although I am trying not to read it too quickly I mean he sent me that a ah. couple of weeks sent us a couple of weeks ago so he may have finished it uh, now and this is an excellent idea and one I wholeheartedly endorse and we are going to do it now I was going to say I've read a lot of sci-fi recently I've actually funnily enough I've been uh, reading a lot of Jules Verne Oh, interesting. Yesterday, I finished um, Journey to the Centre of the Earth, and I'm now partway through uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So I'll talk about that. I was going to do an extra message. Now, I don't know if Rupert is a patron. So if we do... Well, we are going to do an extra message about sci-fi recommendations. If Rupert's not a patron, I will send him the MP3 as a thank you for this idea, Uh, and everyone else will get that as an extra message. That is the kind of stuff we do an extra message. Do you want to... Take a guess how long it took me to read the book of Project Hail Mary. It's either going to be very little time or a very long time. Um, you do take long toilet breaks, so I'm going to say I'm going to guess a short time, two days. <laughs> I, I did it in a little bit
0: over twenty four hours. Yeah, I was on holiday at the time, so it does make sense. But yeah, yeah. I th- that's the thing about Andy Weir books, like that you're reading it, sort of feeling sort of a bit gobsmacked and kind of like, this is ludicrous. Yes. Uh, but you
1: can't put the damn thing down. He, Fair play to him. Eminently readable. He's a, a very, very readable. Very readable. Every and, protagonist sounds the same, but well, like, yeah but, but
0: actually, I kind of, I find it refreshing in a way because, it, you know, I'm a writer. I, sh- I would like to write a fiction book at some point, um, but I'm terrified of it because it's so hard to you know, breakthrough, and people are very sniffy about books, even now. Like, you know, you, a lot of people be very down-nosed at certain authors. Um, not least, actually, um, Ready Player One, Ernest Cline. And I, actually, that was a very readable book as well, hmm. even though it's basically just a list of things that happened in the 80s. But even cool. so, it's still quite an exciting
1: story, well, I recently read um, Tom Merritt's latest, Project Vera, uh, on, on yes. Audible, actually, and because um, uh, he is a pretty prolific writer of uh, science fiction novels, and, yeah. and well, that's... in that vein, he's also a pretty prolific podcaster, um, and uh, he's here to tell us what's oh. been happening in the wider world of tech this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, the Oculus Go gets unlocked for hobbyists. We think we know why Netflix is getting into games now. Amazon announces a lot of ways to spy on yourself, but (laughs) it's almost all processed on device now. So Amazon won't be spying on you, too. Always. Also, NREAL's idea to sell you smart glasses as a display alternative and how the U.S. wants to crack down on SIM swapping. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Not a great deal of crossover this week uh, and I actually no. I'll, I'll be on the Day- daily tech news show on Tuesday coming. Uh, Excellent. Whatever date that is, the 5th of October, I think. Yes. Uh thank you Tom. Um and thank you Ian and thank you everyone who's listening live. We've had a good live audience this week and thank you everyone for sticking with us. Um I think that'll do it until unless there's anything you'd like to add, Ian? Um
0: no, I thought that was actually a pretty tight and comprehensive show
1: yeah i think so too we didn't get to the chamois leather uh, conversation oh yeah what, what's, the, like, um, what's the um oh, you're gonna uh, save it for another week no i was just on the phone to my mum and she mentioned a chamois leather and i said what the hell is a chamois leather i've never known she told me what a chamois leather was and i went on my way i said is it a bit like having a toffee shop or a shoehorn and then i said ah oh, shoehorns i should mention this on the podcast so i just did <laughs> um, that's it you've
0: never, you've never owned a car though have you so a chamois leather would n- never have been something in your in your wheelhouse,
1: fun? No, but I've driven in cars and um, I've uh, I've used one without realising that that's yes. That's, well,
0: that's... They, they're quite common for demisting windows. Apparently um, so, but also, um, oh. well, no, I was, was going to say the, the the chamois has been completely replaced uh, by microfiber cloths these days.
1: Oh. You so know, you're they're... saying there's a tech angle to this?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if you could describe microfiber cloths as tech, but you know, th- yeah, it used to be that everyone would be shamming their car, but uh, now no, it's um, it's all microfiber stuff.
1: Fascinating. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> oh, okay, the fade-ins coming a little late. Now we'll say goodbye. Bye.
0: Bye.